this is Michael Chandler, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, OB Pod. Morning, Cash. Morning, Zach. How are we doing this week, brother? A lot better now that this weather has changed. It's nice and cool, and I feel like we are about to hit our prime. Uh, This is fat man weather in my world. It really is. You know, we can actually wear a flannel or just something nice and long, in which, can I say, I hate that hipsters have stolen flannels because I just, I love them. They feel great. I mean, are you not a hipster? No, not, not in the slightest. <laughs> uh, only thing that happened for me this week was we got an extra holiday, a nice little Monday off, and uh, I enjoyed that. It just, But it makes those Tuesdays after a holiday brutal. It's like a super Monday to me. Yeah, you know what else is brutal? What's I that? guess apparently not knowing that there was a holiday and working overtime <laughs> on a Monday anyway. So that was a lot of fun. Hey, it sucks for you. Yes, yes it does. Because, you know, the casino, we're very welcoming people. We just want everyone to always be able to come in and make sure that they're having a good time. The weather's great. You dropped last night, went ahead and already watched one episode and couldn't be more excited about that. Unfortunately, I only got one more episode in my other show, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, my wife and I are looking forward to starting it, and so maybe when we both finish it, we'll do a review on here on the podcast. It starts off with a bang. You're not going to be disappointed on right. how the season starts. Awesome, awesome. Well, Cash, you know something else is awesome? Mm-hmm. And that is Brian Couch and his team at Birch Realty. Are you trying to buy a house in this area when the market is still hot and it may take multiple offers? Then you need to have a realtor team that can navigate the process and make sure your offer gets noticed. Brian Couch and his team are who you need to contact. They are a full-service company that will dedicate their efforts to make sure your offer is what's best for you and make sure the process is totally professional. Additionally, if you're thinking of selling your home and considering for sale by owner, know that the right exposure can make the difference in your home sales and for what price. Brian and his team can evaluate your offers and advise you on what's best rather than what's just top price. There is more to buying and selling a home and having an experienced realtor team on your side that has the skills to navigate this real estate transaction is imperative, especially in this market. Go to their website, teamcouch.com, and you can see all the things they offer as well as the communication links, and you can contact them at 662-449-1700 or call Brian personally at 901-461-7653. Now, Cash, it's time for that weekly jokes, man. And, of course, we got another great series of them with multiple emails from our fans, and we really appreciate it as always. So if you're ready, I've got a few for you, bub. Let's go. Cash, I went to the gym this week, and I saw a real idiot on the treadmill. You won't believe this. Dude put a water bottle in the Pringles can holder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're not wrong. I don't know what kind of idiot could make that mistake, especially what – what kind of Pringles do you go for? Oh, man. I am. The, I, I love ranch. I'm a ranch guy. Really? I don't think I've ever had. See, Pringles, they had a whole flavor explosion. And no, I just stay to my lane and I stick with a lot of the original flavors. I do like got. the original. I'll give you that 100%. All right. Cash, what do you call a man with no arms and no legs in a swimming pool? An anchor? Bob. <laughs> That is terrible. <laughs> that is absolutely terrible. All right, Cash, last one. All right, hit me with it. I have plenty of jokes about unemployed people. However, none of them work. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh. Hey, man. Good times. Good times. Hey, look, I want to say, I want to thank Gina. She gave us our first two, and of course, Brian for our last one. Really appreciate you guys. Always enjoy those yeah. emails. Thank y'all so much. 
Remember, guys, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please make sure you've hit subscribe on your podcast catcher app. And please let your friends know. Let them know that you enjoy a local podcast that has the flair and gives you all the news and local announcements. As well as, guys, if you want to advertise with us, we'd love to have you on our show. Right now, we have great advertisers, and they've been with us a long time, and they will all let you know that business has increased, and their awareness has improved, and we want to do that for you. So please reach out to us at theobpodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in doing so. Now, I see that you've changed up the motivational message for a little bit of a hard time that people could be having during this season because, well, it is breast cancer awareness. There's a lot of heaviness that is in the air with this cool air. You got that right, Cash. Uh, I got to tell you, um, sadly, um, I've had some people at work who have lost some loved ones. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I know some friends and family, especially uh, that are close by, who have had tragedy in their life or people they're close to and stuff. And um, someone sent you, it was a message through Facebook, Mm -hmm. um, that had a beautiful poem for someone to read or listen to, um, to maybe help them through a difficult time if they lost a loved one. And I thought, why not? This is an opportunity. That we could put something out there that was beautiful, uh, that maybe can help someone who's had a rough time, you know, because, you know, we, we've all been dealing with this. It's been COVID for a year and a half, and, uh, you know, other things happen in life. And I mean, just the other day, we had a football game, and there was a massive car wreck, and two or three people died right, right close to the school and over there on Goodman Road. And it's just, it's a part of life. Yes. And so uh, I'd like to read it and just that be kind of our uh, message today. And uh, hopefully it reaches someone and maybe it gives them a little spark in a, in a bad day. Do not stand at my grave and weep. I am not there. I do not sleep. I am a thousand winds that blow. I am the diamond that glints on the snow. I am the sunlight of a ripened grain. I am the gentle autumn rain. When you awaken in the morning's hush, I am the swift uplifting rush. Of quiet birds in a circled flight, I am the soft stars that shine at night. Do not stand at my grave and cry. I am not there. I did not die. That is a truly beautiful poem that can speak volumes for a lot of people. And then just trying to, not necessarily trying to, but finding people throughout your life because they don't go away as long as you remember them. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, we've talked about before about how like Coco is one of my favorite mm-hmm. anime movies. And it's not because the movie itself, it's because the message of being remembered and yes. the people you love. I mean, like even Keanu Reeves had an interview on a late show the other night. I think it was Colbert or something like that. And they said, you know, what do you think about when people think you're gone like that? And he goes, the people who love you are the ones that are going to miss you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like that just kind of hits you. You know what I mean? And so I, I think uh, this poem hits that on nail on the head. I think it's, you know, uh, I think it's a, an awesome message. And uh, like I said, I hope it reached somebody who needed to hear it. I don't even know if I needed to hear it, but I mean, just floods of emotions and memories of people that I know and love who I won't get new memories of, you right. know, just kind of come rushing through you. So thank you for who sent that in. Thank you for reading that. And I hope this helps people in any shape, way, or form. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's get to our news and local announcements. And the first thing we want to remind you is, is that right now we still have Movie Under the Stars. And it is doing great. We want to say a huge thank you to LaBelle Haven Baptist Church and First Baptist Church of Olive Branch for providing free water and popcorn for these movies so far. And on October 21st, it continues with a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And on October 28th, onward. 
And after the movie, they're going to have a huge trunk or treat to celebrate Halloween. So please make sure you bring your kids out and have an awesome time. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the 28th one. My days off at work have changed. So hopefully I'll be able to make it out there for that. Get a couple photos and, you know, pass out a little bit of candy as OB Pod and let people know that we're out here having a great time enjoying movies and the community. That's right, man. Promote your community. Absolutely. Guys, speaking of promoting our community, are you looking for a new job in the area? Then, guys, check out Michael Hatcher and Associates. Right now, they have numerous job positions open. Uh, they continue to grow and expand, and it is a great place to work. Now, you think landscaping is getting cold outside? Well, that's not the case. Guys, they do stuff year-round. They are an amazing company that does different types of landscape architecture, maintenance, construction. You name it, they can do it for you, and they do an amazing job, and they guarantee it. They're just truly one of the best companies around. Michael Hatcher himself is a great, great man who gives back so much to this community. He is a part of so many foundation and community efforts and everywhere around here. Does a lot for our schools. His employees are fantastic people. Ran by an amazing guy named Russ Need who runs the company. Just, just phenomenal all around. And this is a great place to work. And so if this is something you might be interested in, go to their website. You can see all their current openings right now. There is a whole lot of them. And you can talk to their talent acquisition manager, Gabby, who does a fantastic job. And will answer any questions you have, and you can reach her at 662-755-3207. Now, continuing our news and uh, announcement, guys, rather strange, but kind of in the area, the Red Bank's Volunteer Fire Department, Chief Mark Hannon and Linda Menon, have been arrested in Marshall County as they were both indicted for embezzlement. Special agents presented both Hannah and Menon in a, with separate demand letters holding over $50,000, including interest and in investigative expenses. Quote, whether the dollar amount is large or small, we will continue to take zero tolerance policy for embezzlement and misspending of public funds in Mississippi, said Shad White of the investigation. Now, that's one you hate to see because everyone loves rooting for the fire department, especially since this is volunteer. So I don't necessarily know where some of that funding comes from. But the fact that we have totaling over $50,000 tells me this has been going on for quite some time. Yeah, I know this isn't in DeSoto County or in the Olive Branch area, but it's still pretty darn close. You just hate to hear stuff like that. You want to feel the good that things are going well and people are not taking advantage of situations. Yeah, and thankfully they are taking something serious like this. And like they said, whether it's small or large, it is important that these kinds of things don't become even larger like this one did. Guys, we still have Spring Fest 2021, and the dates for the festival are October 26th and the 30th, and that is at Snowden Grove. Now, I mean, how stupid it is that we're still naming this thing. It's still Spring Fest 2021. I know I harped on it last week, but the weather is fall. The leaves are changing. It's chilly, and you're still trying to give me this name? Like, just get out of here. I know it, man. Put us in charge of the naming commission. That is all I am saying because it's nice and chilly, and people are going to smell delicious barbecue. Like, I'm not going to be thinking it's spring. I'm just no, not. No. Guys, it's going to be a really cool event, especially if you're a barbecue lover. They're going to have the competitions. They're going to have the uh, true judging out there. It's going to be a great for that. I know that there's a lot of down about the, the, the no musical acts, but I think the overall appearance, especially when you get to see hopefully the walking bridge and how's the Snowden and all that stuff's going on, I think it's going to be a great experience for everybody who goes out. So we encourage you to go. Now, this past Friday, the 15th, a local artist, Stephen McNeil, released a new album called The Art of the Repair, which is an 11-song record that you can check out on Spotify. And the music is a mix of songs that were tasked from previous albums, and I know that's something that a lot of artists do. They make a song for an album, and they're just like, ah, it doesn't quite fit. He had a few of those, and he decided to put them all in, and he's like, wow, this is really going to work. 
They had a nice little release party this past Saturday. And congratulations. I love hearing local artists doing this kind of work. Guys, for our folks down there in southeast Lewisburg area, you know that they had to replace a bridge down there in Ingram's Mill. Well, good news, that bridge is in place, and it looks good because it leads to our new community center. Well, I say new, but really it has newly finished restrooms and a meeting room, as well as they have decorated the area and put in a walking trail and in playground for the kids to play on. This is awesome for that little community, and this was all provided by local grants, and we want to say we hope everybody gets to enjoy the new facilities. Yeah, and if you want to head to the ribbon cutting, it will be taking place on Monday at 5 p.m. for the bridge. And the community center one is going to be taking place at approximately 520 traffic and other things. So it might take place a little bit later on Monday. And if you are from the area, guys, this is the same place you go and vote right there on Red Banks Road right outside of Ingram's Mill. Look at that. Educating and entertaining. It doesn't get any better than that. The last thing we want to do is give you a reminder from an update we had in one of our very first episodes. And that is the fact that you are going to have to put a one in front of any 662 phone call. That is right. These are now going to be long distance. Now, I know a lot of us have 901 cell phones, so it's not that big of a deal. But some of our advertisers, Brian and Hatcher, they have a 662. You will need to put a one in front of it. And for people like my brother, who somehow has an old 662 area code, I had to go search it out and put a one in front of it. This will all be taking place on October the 24th. There you go. Now, guys, usually we do a fact of the week at this time, but this week we're going to take a pause from that because we just have this really cool story that we heard of, which maybe will become future history, who knows, um, that comes out of South Mississippi, and it was just too good not to share, so we thought we'd plug it in there. Guys, this story is about a high school kicker. Now, this kicker's name is Jillian Hall. Now, why is this important? Well, Jillian Hall happens to be a girl, and she is the kicker for the Sacred Heart football team in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Bravo. And get this. During this game, which was, I think, a week and a half or so ago, she kicks a field goal to put three points on the board for her team going into the half. Now, why is this important? Well, Jillian Hall also happens to be on the homecoming court that was supposed to be out on the field within the next three or four minutes. That's a rough time to do a kind of uniform change or dress into any of your homecoming court because I remember trying to get out of those pads and those jerseys. It's not the easiest thing. No, it's not. And so Jillian Hall decides not to change because she decided it was best to go out there and be the kicker for the team. She goes out, does her walk with her father. They do the whole procession. And guess what? Hmm. She not only does that, she wins homecoming court and is the homecoming queen. Y'all can't see, but I am giving a round of applause going around <laughs> in circles. That is awesome. Do they put the crown on top of the helmet? You think you think we just hot glue that bad no, boy? No, they didn't put it on the helmet, but we will be <laughs> posting pictures on social media that shows that she is in full uniform, minus her helmet, of course, uh, being crowned with the sash, the entire done deal, getting walked around. It's pretty amazing. Get this, Cash. It was also her birthday that day, and the final score, they won by two points, which means her field goal was the deciding factor. factor. Bravo, there is not a better birthday present than winning homecoming queen, kicking essentially the game-deciding field goal, and just celebrating everything. Bravo to her, couldn't be happier. Absolutely. Congratulations, Julian Hall. That is freaking awesome. 
Now that's going to wrap up all of the news that we have for this week's episode, but we still have a fantastic postgame show with all of the coaches coming up. Of course, my best bet to hopefully keep us in the positive and just more joy for you all the way around. With summer here, are you looking to start renovating? Well, North Mississippi Dumpster is the local business you want to contact. All you have to do is head over to DeSotoDumpsters.com. You'll be able to find all of your pricing and sizing needs. They're open seven days a week and have fantastic prices. They carry 13 and 20 yard roll-off dumpsters that are in great conditions so you don't have an eyesore sitting in your yard or on your job site. They service DeSoto, Tate, Marshall, and Tunica counties. So visit them at DeSotoDumpsters.com or give them a call at 901-299-0916. Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873. And now it's time for the OB Pod Coaches Post Game Show with Jason Russell, Alan Peacock, and Justin Hickford. You think you know football, but you don't. So shut up and listen. Alright guys, this is week 8 and as always we love doing our post game show. We want to say thank you to our amazing sponsor Old Town Vibes which is located right there in Old Town and all the branch on Pigeon Roost Place. Man, I am excited for that to become the Cotton Gin District. It is going to be fantastic, look amazing, and I am excited for the daily extra business that they are going to get right there and the videos they're going to post with all the people coming in for it. They're primo location right there mm-hmm. with all that stuff that's going to be going on, and that'd be the hot spot. This is going to become, if it's what you really want, if it's not already, the premier nutrition shack of Olive Branch. I mean, like, it's just. You can't beat it, man. Guys, if y'all have never been there, they have the best loaded teas, replacement meal shakes, and specialty drinks that can meet anyone's expectation. It's a cool, hip little shop. You go in there very quick. Prices are fantastic. And it's just got a staff that is just so friendly. They're going to take care of business, and you're really going to enjoy the experience. Guys, they're open on Mondays through Fridays, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And you can call them to find out anything of their new drinks and new specialties they have going on, and that is at 662-874-5265. Or if you want to see their menus or anything new exciting going on, go to their Facebook or Instagram pages at Old Town Vibes. And that Instagram is key because, yes, they always have Old Faithful, but they are routinely rotating brand new drinks and concoctions that they are making to keep people fresh. Absolutely. Let's get to those scores, Cash. I don't know if we want to. A lot of them are pretty ugly, especially for us. So we're going to kind of start outside of the Olive Branch area and go with West Point as they beat Lake Cormorant 40-21. to 21. Yes, uh, this was, this one's tough. This is tough. Um, you know, Lake Cormorant really needed this W to really kind of establish whether or not they were going to be a state contention football team. Because um, in a lot of people's minds, West Point is the team to beat in the north, if not for state, to get the ring. The game looks closer than it actually really was. You mean the score looks closer? Because if the score looks closer, 
we're in a bad spot. Yeah, the actually West Point was pretty much on them, you know, the entire ball game, and Lake Comer got a lot of their points towards the end. Oh. You know, so uh, I mean, I love that they don't give up, but you just hate to know that the score looks closer than the game was, and it's still a nineteen point deficit. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Props to Lake Comer because not a lot of people in this in the entire state have even scored on West Point. So to get twenty one points, I don't care when it was. Yeah. it's still an accomplishment. Um, I still think they're a great team, and I think they'll go decently into the playoffs. But you know, this game was kind of a defining moment. Uh, hopefully, it, you know, something where maybe it was weather related, or maybe there was a kid out for injury, COVID, or something, and they'll get that back, and maybe it makes a difference for the future. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, but like you said, it just looks like West Point is the cream of the crop for a reason. Yes, it is the case. Now we're going to go into a bit of a shocking one in which the score doesn't really indicate how close the game was, but DeSoto Central beat Hernando twenty-seven to fourteen. Cash, when I was checking on the score and talking to my friends with the game, Hernando was kind of in a dominating position and was winning the game 14-7 to in the second half. And we're kind of like, uh, if Hernando maintains what they're doing, they could very likely walk out of here with a W and shock the world of DeSoto Central because DeSoto Central's been on a roll. So they were kind of looking like my Texas Longhorns against the Oklahoma Sooners, and then all of a sudden the flip switched, and there was a floodgates opening. Oh, God, that was rough to watch. It was I mean, painful. If you, if you were a Texas fan, you you went ahead and took your burnt orange and put it back in the closet. No, so still rocked it and uh, took all of the laughs and everything in jest, but, man, it, it was painful to watch. Yeah. But, yeah, DeSoto Central has a strong late comeback and puts it to Hernando to win 27-14 and pretty much solidified DeSoto Central going into the playoffs. Now they just have to worry about what positioning they do but based on the last few games. So does that pretty much eliminate Hernando from the playoffs? It kind of does. Um, there would have to be a, some shakeup in the top four because right now you're looking at South Panola is probably going to go number one, um, South Haven possibly number two. Um, and then you have Horn Lake and DeSoto Central both in fighting positions. So it's kind of a jockeying for second, third, and fourth. Yeah, and um, all three of those schools have key wins against pretty much everybody else. Correct. So even so, if they lose to each other, it doesn't necessarily help us as much as no, it could. It's, you know, this, this week kind of solidified who was going to the playoffs and who's not, unless they just some drastically reason you have some major upsets and some shifts in other areas. But – Anybody who was a betting person, as you are, wouldn't see the writing is on the wall now. Yeah. So before we get to the ugliness, we are going to go ahead and take a pit stop at North Point Christian as they lost to ECS 33-21. to And it is shocking to see North Point only putting up 21 points. I know their defense always gives up a lot, but with that low scoring, it's just a shocker to see. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know. ECS is one of those teams like we talked about with Derek down there in Hernando mm -hmm. under the water tower. Uh, they're usually a very loaded team. They have a lot of Division One talent, and uh, this is always a great game. Um, I thought North Point probably would be able to pull this one out, um, and so I look forward to hearing his recap on the Under the Water Tower podcast uh, about the game because you know his son's the starting center, and I'm sure he'll have a lot of great details. And so I won't try to waste time, you know, with assumptions. Yeah. And I look forward to him telling us about it. So please go ahead, check out their podcast, Under the Water Tower. They do a lot of the same things that we do, just covering the Hernando area so make sure you give them a listen now it is on to us and it's just ugly all the way around so we'll start with the best of the bunch as center hill lost to horn lake 37 to 10 yeah and this game was um this was tough cash you know uh, and i hate it for our teams in our olive branch area uh, I love all three of them, but you know we went over to Horn Lake. This one, they chose this as a homecoming team. Their kids were hyped up. 
Um, and they jumped out to a 20 to nothing lead in the first quarter rather quickly. We didn't get much production on offense, weren't able to put things together. And, you know, I have newfound respect for Horn Lake. They're a talented bunch. You they know, really they're big, are. They're physical. Um, their number seven is a man. I'm just going to call it like he is. The guy is a phenom of an athlete. Um, to me, right now, he is the best athlete, you know, bar that- none in DeSoto County. Uh, he, you know, doing your own overall athlete. Now, yeah. I think Wilkie, a quarterback in Hernando, is probably one of your, you know, you're probably your, your, by far your best quarterback, of course. Uh, but he's, you know, but when it comes to pound for pound athlete, athlete, yeah. I'm going to go with the kid at Horn Lake. Um, South Haven's got, you know, the best defensive you know, unit, got defense tackles and, you know, corners that are phenomenal going to big places and stuff. And so, um, it's a, it, they're a good team. I'm, I'm impressed with them. Um, Center Hill, you know, we got a field goal and then tried to score late. Um, but, you know, what sucked about this game was, is of course, it drug out because of, you know, homecoming. And then ambulance on the field twice for oh, two no. Horn Lake football players that both broke their arms. Uh-huh. You know, so it's um, – Oh, it's man. a good W, but they lost two starters with broken arms in the ball game. I hope, really hope those kids are okay, and but I hope it doesn't hurt their team's overall, you know, prowess yeah. moving forward into the playoffs. That that is just devastating to hear, and just knowing plenty of friends who have had those broken arms and seeing them everywhere. Thankfully, we have ambulances at the games to make sure they can get those air casts on, stabilize, and be as quick recovery as humanly possible for them. Right. Yeah. It's it's tough. Now we're going to move on to the non-shutout as we have South Panola beating Lewisburg 42-3. to What do you say other than Lewisburg chose South Panola for homecoming, didn't really make a difference? Um, believe it or not, Lewisburg actually made some really positive strides. They were caused some turnovers, moved the ball a little bit, just never punched it in. South Panola just said no. You know, I mean, the fact that there's you're saying we have turnovers and you still can only get up three points, it's just hard. But sometimes South Panola is just – It's just South Panola. Yeah. I mean, I, it is what it is. It's, like I said, a lot of people will talk about South Panola not as talented as they are in the past. It's a different kind of South Panola. Um, they don't have that one kid on there that is a marquee name or a two or one? three. Yeah. I, I remember seven. Yeah. Whenever well, I thing, was... like, even when you used to play them, we always knew there was two or three names over there that everybody knew because they were being pursued by multiple colleges and universities. This year, they are just a very good overall team, yeah. very talented everywhere. And they don't have what I call a marquee player, that one kid that everybody talks about. You know what I mean? When you talk about South and all now, you're like, Wow, they are good. Yeah. Not, man, have you seen number three? Or have you seen this guy? This yeah, I mean, guy, there's you know? no Chris Strong, Tig Barksdale. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's no, like, yeah. marquee names, part, you know, that kind of stuff. The piggies that continuously ran right. through them year in, year out. And which, don't get me wrong, they have special players. Yeah. You just don't have that one that's getting all that media notoriety right now. So, overall, they're just a solid football team. And to me, they're very strong. Um, and I think they'll do well in the playoffs. There's a lot of people saying that all four teams in our area that go to the playoffs will likely get beat in the first round. You were one of those people. So. Yes. Um, and, I mean, I hate to say it, is that, you know, we're beating each other up, and but we're not as strong as I thought the county was. And then you go and look at the other district, which is going to have Starkville, mm-hmm. Tupelo, Oxford, and Madison Central. And it is going to be very interesting to see how those first round playoffs come out when we are final four are picked to go into the playoffs. I mean, I'm still going to have faith in South Panola and South Haven. I just believe defense is going to travel everywhere. And I, I, I'm excited to see what the playoffs have to happen. I am too. I am too. Now, speaking of South Haven and that ferocious defense, they did what is always a very difficult thing to do and shut out Olive Branch, and they won 32-0. to 
Yeah, Cash. Uh, again, I'm very surprised. Um, I, I hate I it for just, Coach Russell, man. I do because, I mean, like, he has a very talented running back and a very fast and talented quarterback as a running combo. Yes. Um, you know, his quarterback has not set any prowess as a thrower yet. I mean, they've thrown a couple balls. They've got some touchdowns. But on a consistent basis, they have not been able to have any passing production. I think South Haven put up there and probably went cover zero and said, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to throw the football. And we're good enough at corner and secondary to you're not a good enough. And I bet you they brought everything. Um, I'm going to watch the tape and I'm going to talk to Coach Russell, uh, you know, and see if my prediction is that's how they did it was right. Plus, they had game delays. This was last night when they had massive rainstorms come through. They had to delay the game over an hour, you know, and rain delays can sometimes have a real negative effect on teams. Yep. Um, you know, well, I mean, it's just one of those things. If all South Haven is going to do is bring extra help in the run defense and you're running against seven, eight in the box and those edges are going to go ahead and be covered. Well, when you already got that defensive line and you're giving them help in the run and just saying, pin back, get this, it's going to be near impossible to get anything going against that defense. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I wasn't expecting to be blanked. I had two friends with the game, called them, and they said it was just ugly. It was just unfortunate that, you know, that they really, really struggled. South Haven, I think, really took it to the next level. Uh, again, this is one of the most bitter rivalries. And the South Haven OB game, in my opinion, is the biggest and largest rivalry when I say as in terms of how old the rivalry is. Because this, to me, and when I played high school football when there was only four schools in this county, um, that game everybody went to on Friday night. It didn't matter if you were yeah. living in Hernando, you lived in Horn Lake, this was the game that everybody knew was going to be nasty. Well, I mean, and as you're saying, this was the 49th meeting between the rivals, and Olive Branch still holds the series lead by a significant margin, 30-17-1, which ties always confuse me in football, and I – Hey, something probably happened. Yeah, who knows? But again, I look forward to talking to Coach Russell and you know, and hearing his thoughts on it. You know, we're at the point now where our three teams in Olive Branch are pretty much out of playoff contention. That it, it's really kind of a situation now of you know, how do you finish up the season strong? How do you keep your kids motivated together? Um, you know, working towards building, you know, and having a you know a good end towards your seniors, you know, finishing yeah. up their games. And, um, you know, and that's difficult as a coach, you know, somebody who's been in that position, uh, you know, you, you know, telling your kids, you know, I hate it for you and we weren't able to get where we needed to be, but this happens everywhere. I mean, I was talking to a guy at lunch just yesterday. His son is a, is a sophomore, I'm sorry, a junior a linebacker plays at a school in the middle part of the state and they are very talented. Um, he, you know, he plays for Germantown and that team has the number one, number one running back, I think in the state mm -hmm. and has a, you know, a dandy dozen on defense and they're talented. I mean, they got some players can't win a ball game. Haven't won a district game yet. I mean, Golly. it's just like, what? And he's like, yeah, you know, they're going through an interim coach situation. They're going through stuff and the team is just not gelled and, and everything else. And so they're fighting, they're super talented and not winning games. And we're, we have three teams uh, that don't have marquee players don't have like that, but are well in tune, play hard together and not winning games. So it's kind of like pick your poison. And so it's really tough. I hate it for um, them and us and, but this happens in football. I've been a part of three different styles of teams where I played on a team that was better than average, a team that was terrible, and a team that never lost. And so um, I can tell you, looking at these coaches, that 
they're coaching and gelling the team together in the right way. Uh, but the W's aren't there because, hey, you know, things happen. Maybe not as talented, injuries, you know, holes in the gap, you name it. Things are there, and other teams around here are pretty solid. So it is what it is. Um, Our kids are still playing hard, and that's the most important thing. Absolutely. And as always, they're getting like, to play. Yes. That's the thing. They're getting to play. And of course, winning is there, but hey, the skills that you learn from football and are able to take on in life are going to be far more valuable than any win or loss that you get in your career. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no fighting through adversity and working through it is going to be one of the best life skills in the world. And so your kids are getting a great taste of it. Not the way you want to, of <laughs> no. course. Don't get me wrong. Everybody likes a winner. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. I couldn't agree with you more. So let's go ahead and talk to Coach Russell about that rivalry game. All right, guys, I've got Coach Russell, and this week, instead of doing football talk, we're going to do cooking with Coach Russell, as uh, after Friday night's game, maybe we might be considering a career change. Coach, is that the way you feel, or are we going to be talking about chicken thighs or chicken poppers? Well, you know, I, I really do enjoy some cooking, but uh, not that much. I, I don't plan on going anywhere from coaching. I, I quite enjoy what I do and working with these kids, but... Uh, Friday night was frustrating. It was very, very frustrating. Uh, we faced a, a fantastic, you know, South Haven team and, and their defenses. You know, I've been doing this for 15 years, and that might be the best defense uh, that I've seen in, in those 15 years. I mean, those guys were fast. They were physical. Uh, they were everywhere, all over the field. You know, from uh, pass defense to run defense. I mean, there's just there's there's not many gaps with those guys and. Uh, of course, you know, their they're big defensive tackle is going to Texas, leads the way. And, I mean, just, you know, when you can't win the line of scrimmage and you've got guys that are doing that and, and, and taking care of the box like they do, uh, it's just – it makes for a really tough night. You don't have time to throw the ball and you don't have gaps to run the ball. Yeah, Coach, I hear you, brother. And uh, I appreciate you going with the joke there in the beginning. But, uh, you know, I watched the tape, Coach, and I know y'all uh, – Y'all decided to play on Friday. I know South Haven was hosting it and wanted to play on Friday. I know a lot of other teams played on Thursday, and the weather came in and delayed y'all. So I knew, I know that field was mush, and uh, I feel like one of your advantages at all the branch is your speed. Uh, you got a really great quarterback and a great running back with speed, and when you have a sloppy field, that kind of negates it. And I've seen South Haven in action, and they're a big physical bunch. And so I, I hate to say it, Coach, it was a recipe for disaster. Uh, you know, I mean, when you're playing a big physical team like that and your you're, you're, you know, thing you hang your hat on is speed and being a weapon with that, and that's negated immediately, uh, you know, like just like we watched the game. I was like, it didn't matter what you threw out there. It seemed like uh, nothing would stick. And it was just a rough night for the kids and a rough night for the program. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, take nothing away from South Carolina. Like I said, they're a fantastic football team, fantastic defense. And, um, but, you know, we feel like our advantage most games we go in is our speed. We've got a lot of guys that can really run and are very quick. You know, you, you take our running back, you know, he's a 4-5 guy. you got our quarterback's a 4-4 guy. I mean, these guys can fly. But we literally were running in mud Friday night. And, uh, you know, we knew going into the game that we were going to be physically a much smaller team than South Haven, you know, just by watching them on film, seeing their sizes. And, uh, you know, they, they were definitely much bigger than us. And when you took away our speed, negated the speed, uh, definitely put us at a disadvantage. Um, you know, there are some things that we definitely got to – we've got to do better. We've got to, you know, complete some routes, and we've got to maintain our blocks. But – um, you know, again, it just it, it made for a really, really tough night when you factor in the the muddy field conditions and um, slick ball. We've had we've had some snap issues. We had some more uh, due to that. Uh, you know, the ball was very, very slick 
Um, of course, they had some snap issues as well. Uh, we had a punt uh, with a, with a poor snap because of the, because again the conditions there early in the game. And so and you put all that together. I mean, you, it really is a recipe for for a really really tough night. Yeah, coach. I mean, you're right. I mean. Uh, you know, even even your punter could hardly get the ball off because of conditions. I mean, low punts, uh, you know, bad receiving. You know, the, like I said, kids slipping everywhere. It was hard to throw the football, and if it was, it kind of looked like a duck in the air. Um, you know, again, you know, you just it's just a recipe for a tough night, and they took advantage of it and they pinned their ears back and just you know felt like they were bringing thirteen and fourteen guys every play, and uh, that, that's tough. That's really, really tough. But, you know, Coach, uh, if you had to pick one thing that was, a, you know, a bright spot or something y'all felt like you, you improved on from the ball game, what would you say? Well, I thought our defense improved drastically. Now, I mean, you look at the score and you say 32 points. Well, you got to look, okay, we snapped the punt over the head, and so they, they uh, scored very quickly, you know, had a very short field. We Late in the game, we had two or three different positions where we – uh, we had to. We had a short punt, like a five-yard punt. We were putting into the wind. I mean, you know, you had two or three possessions where they got the ball basically on like the twenty or thirty-yard line. Um, but I thought our defense played really, really uh, a lot better than they have played. Uh, you kind of see some growth there. You see those guys gelling, uh, getting more used to playing together, and you know, some guys stepped up. We've changed some guys around position-wise and just finding the right mix. And uh, I thought those guys definitely improved uh, this week on defense. Most of those guys are, or a lot of those guys are coming back too, you know. So it's just you got younger guys out there playing and, and finding their way in their position. So uh, really excited about that. We actually had a uh, we had a goal line stand, stopped them right there on the goal line. We had first and goal, uh, I think, inside the five-yard line, and, and we were able to stop them there. So that's, again, growth on the defensive side. Uh, you take away those 21 or 28 points that we gave up. I know of 21 points for sure that we gave up off of short fields where they only had to travel 20 or 30 yards to score. You know, you've got a you've got a pretty darn good defensive game. So I'm excited about those guys and what they did. I hear you, Coach. That's awesome. So, Coach, this is a big week. I mean, we understand that, you know, the, the season's winding down, but this is your other crosstown rival. This would be Center Hills coming out Friday. And uh, this is going to be a big ball game. You know, this is, uh, you know, one of those ones that everybody looks forward to. You know, you all share the same city. That's why we all have you guys together on the podcast. And, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you say about the opportunity to play them and what, what worries you the most about it? Well, you know, I mean, anytime you get to play against, you know, your, your close rivals and, and uh, you always want to beat them, you know, and, and our coaching staff, we're, you know, a lot of us are, are friends, you know, off the field and have known each other for a long time. And, you know, uh, like I say to, to anybody, you know, I've got a, an older brother. Anytime you, we played a game, I wanted to beat him more than I wanted to beat anybody else just because, you know, they have that, that personal pride and that, those bragging rights uh, between two people that know each other. So, yeah, there's a lot at stake, you know, as far as the kids go. I know they all have, you know, close friends over there. This coaching staff, we all have friends back on and forth on each side. Um, and then, you know, you, you factor in all that, and then you throw in the, uh, the flex bone. And uh, preparing for that is a, uh, is, a, is a tough task for sure. And uh, then they've got a good defense, and they, they do a really good job. And, uh, you know, Coach Clark does a good job getting those guys in the right spots, and, and, and they're, they're very aggressive on defense and play really hard. So, you know, uh, after you get past all the matchups and the excitement of playing uh, somebody you know, 
then you got to play a good football team and, and, and a tough, a tough offensive uh, style that they have that, that is difficult to prepare for. Yeah, Coach, uh, nobody enjoys preparing for the flex bone. You know, you think you can line up in a certain position and that uh, you can cover one thing and you realize, oh, wait a minute, they have another three ways they can run the exact same style of offense off of that. Okay, well, let's change the defense of this. Oh, wait a minute, we just changed it again because now they can run the other dive set. So, I mean, like, it's, uh, it really comes down to kids knowing where to line up and the responsibilities uh, while they're in those positions and understanding the roles and to follow through them. And that, that, take, that definitely makes it very tough. Uh, so yeah, I, I wish you luck. Uh, I think it's going to make a great game for Friday. Well, Coach, since y'all struggled offensively this past week, and we understand it's the weather and stuff and uh, in the priors, what do you think y'all are going to focus on this week to really kind of step up your game to put a lot of points on the board when it comes to Friday night? Well, I thought we'd just uh, go ahead and just adopt the flex bone for this week. And since it's so difficult to prepare for, we'll see how uh, Coach Peacock likes it. <laughs> no, you know, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to be us. I mean, we're, you know, we've, we've, we've put up a ton of yards this year. You know, in, in a lot of games we had, uh, we had games where we had 450, 500 yards of offense. You know, the, the scores, we, we had all the penalties and stuff that kind of knocked that back. Uh, our scores back, but we've we've had some success offensively uh, throughout the year. We're going to get back to to doing what we do as a team and and running the plays that we like to run. And um, I'm excited about that. You know, I mean, um, I, I think our kids are excited about the game. They're ready. They they know the offense that we're going to run. Uh, and let's go out there. You know, of course, still the conditions are always great on the turf. So um, we're going to go out there and play fast and run around. And use our speed as our advantage. I hear you, Coach. I hear you. So, guys, if y'all listening, that is going to be Friday night, 7 o'clock at Olive Branch Pool Field. Uh, it is going to be a great in-city rival game. I think there's going to be a lot of emotions going on. You're going to have a lot of kids that know each other, coaches that know each other, and maybe a little bit of smack talk, a little bit of social media gander back and forth. But all to make a nice, healthy rivalry and to make for a great Friday night football uh, where else should you be other than right there for Friday night? Coach, again, man, as always, love you having you on the show. Really appreciate you chalking it up, and uh, we hope you'll have a good week of practice and look forward to Friday night. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on and talking about that rivalry game, Coach. Hopefully we can finish out the season strong. Hey, guys, I've got Coach Hectorn here. Coach, how are we doing on this fine weekend? Hey, man, I'm doing great. appreciate you having me. As always, Coach. And so, uh, Coach, it was a big week. Y'all decided to play on Thursday night for homecoming uh, to avoid the weather that happened on Friday. I think that was a great decision. I know we only had like one or two teams in the county play on Friday, and the weather was definitely a factor for those ball games. So, uh, happy for you guys that y'all didn't have to deal with that. I'm sure the homecoming court and everybody there uh, was also very pleased by that. But uh, let's talk about the football game. Coach, we knew you were going against a very formidable opponent uh, with Sal Panola, probably the best team in our district. Uh, bar none and you know legitimately has a chance at a state title uh you know but let's don't focus on the score but let's focus on coach what were the bright spots I know you had kids that are playing hard and doing the best they can you know uh, do you want to highlight a few of those guys and talk about the game itself yeah I mean um, you know first of all with the weather I'll tell you you know walked out of here uh Friday afternoon I look outside and the sun's out birds are chirping and I'm thinking you know what in the world did we just do you know but um you know, the weather rolled through right around uh, the time we've been trying to kick off, so it, it all worked out. But, you know, we, we had a great week and, and uh, a lot of fun around here for homecoming. But, you know, we, we knew what we had coming in. Um, you know, I, I told several people over the weekend that, you know, I, I thought looking at South Panola on film that they were really, really good. 
and they were probably 10 times better than that in, in real life. So um, they're, they're a very good team, probably one of the biggest teams I've seen in a, in a long time, and, um, you know, fast and just speed all over the place. So uh, a great a great team and, and uh, you know, a great uh, program and, and well-coached. And, and, again, just uh, we knew what we had kind of coming in here. But I, I tell you, our kids didn't flinch. Our, our kids were excited about the opportunity to play them, and, and um, you know, they were they weren't worried about that at all. You know, the game started off great for us. We we uh, got the ball, went straight down the field, and, and was kind of knocking on the door, getting ready to score. And uh, we threw an interception, uh, but but then we turned right back around. We get a fumble recovery on the very next play, and we end up having to settle for a field goal. But just the energy and, and the fact that our kids were going out and attacking those guys and, and weren't worried about it one bit. And, um, you know, like you said, the scoreboard may not really show um, you know in our favor, obviously, but. Uh, you know, our kids fought from start to finish, and uh, they, they stuck together and they encouraged each other. And, uh, you know, that's the things that we're trying to do right now. You know, I think every program is in a different place, um, and, and this one is in a place of, you know, we've got to learn how to function as a team. We've got to learn how to do the little things correctly. We've got to learn those deals before we can, you know, start kind of worry about the, the bigger stuff down the road. And, uh, you know, our – kids are doing that I, I really feel like that uh you know they're coming together as a team i feel like they're learning how to play they're learning how to compete um and and you know they're finishing things instead of you know laying down when things aren't go their, going their way so um you know you can look at that a, a lot of different ways but again i understand where we are as a program and, and you know we have a plan that we're going to continue to follow the, of where we're trying to go and uh and I think we're taking steps towards it. Again, does the school board show that? No, but, um, you know, again, really proud of our kids for the way they continue to show up. They continue to fight. They continue to try. And, um, you know, that, I think that's step one, and, and, and they're doing it. Coach, I agree. Uh, like you said, everybody's got to start somewhere. And, you know, right now y'all you, have got one win, and you've played some close ball games. But like you said before, you're young, and you're building on that. Uh, it might take you longer. It might take some teams shorter amounts of time. It just depends. Uh, but, you know, like you said, the biggest thing I heard from you, Coach, and which when I watched the tape and watched the game, is you didn't lay down. Um, to me, that's a testament to the kids uh, believing in themselves, wanting to get better. Because it is so easy uh, in high school for the guys just get frustrated and say, ah, who cares anymore? We're getting whooped or things of that nature. And so them to continue to compete, that's great. Uh, and like you said a minute ago, you know, they came out of the ball game and, you know, they kind of hit him in the mouth and uh, rolled with it and drove the field and, you know, almost got set on the board. Yeah, we had a turnover, but, you know, you still had points on the board when a lot of teams don't even get that. Uh, so I think those are all positives for sure. Uh, so, Coach, when you when you look at this next week coming up, you know, um, what are y'all focusing on this week as a team uh, for your next opponent? You know, it's similar. I think we're, you know, we've got South Haven this week, and and when you look at the team um, and and kind of what they do offensively, defensively, how they play, I think they're very, very similar to South Panola. I don't think they're quite, um, you, you know, they're probably a little bit behind them as far as. Um, the athleticism. Now, I don't mean that at, at any point in time as a, a slight at them because uh, they're extremely talented and uh, they've got speed all over the place. That defense is playing um, unbelievable. Um, I think that probably just says a little bit more about South Pinole than uh, South Haven. But, uh, you know, we've got them more the same coming in. And, uh, you know, again, our, our 
our thing that we talk to our kids about is, you know, we want to turn this into a, a, a playoff caliber program. We've got to play those types of teams and we've got to understand how to play those and uh, play those games. And, and South Haven is, is that this year for sure. Uh, you know, I think they're, you know, I don't know where seedings are and all that kind of stuff or if they've got anything uh, wrapped up, but I, I think they're a playoff team. You know, I, I think they're going to be um, a, a team that has an opportunity to even make a little bit of a run in the playoffs. So, um, you know, a great opportunity for us. Um, you know, we, we've got to continue to learn how to prepare. We've got to continue to learn how to, um, you know, uh, make adjustments on the fly. And, and we've got to learn how to play physical football for four quarters. So, um, you know, it, this week's a lot about making sure that we're going to, you know, we're continuing to get better and uh, continue to learn how to prepare and how to play this game. I agree with you, Coach. Um, South Haven is a formidable opponent. I think they probably have maybe the best defense um, in the district. I don't know. Between them and South Panola, it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking to Coach Russell um, on the show as well. And, you know, they they got blanked by South Haven 30-something to nothing. And if you watch that tape, you know, like we're talking to him, it, it's it's impressive. Um, and we said it all week last week that South Haven OB was going to be a huge rival game. It's been that way. It's probably the oldest rivalry in DeSoto County, in my opinion. And uh, I think South Haven took that to heart. And they came out guns blazing and really put it on them. But it's going to be definitely a big challenge for you guys. Uh, they have unbelievable speed and talent, um, and it's led by a core. And then they have some great corners, too. So there's really not a weak spot that you can find. And so it's really going to test you guys. But like you said, if you can continue to focus on building, um, you know, and working on and getting those positives, uh, that's you know one more step in the right direction. And, you know, it'll be great for y'all's program. Uh, Coach, so, you know, last week we talked about, you know, uh, the playoff contentions out, you know, uh, what we're looking at is, you know, finishing the season, you know, season strong for your seniors, but also building for the future. Um, you know, let's talk a, bit, a little bit more about your youth program. You know, how is the ninth grade and middle school doing for you? You know, have, have y'all going to start getting incorporated with you guys and doing some summer stuff? Y'all have plans for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, our, our focus is, is this Friday you know, and, and trying to be one and oh, and, uh, that's the only thing that we're really ever going to can, you know, uh, kind of focus on. And, and as far as playoffs go and things like that, I mean, that's obviously a goal for this program. And, uh, whether it's this year's next year, year after, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's, that's what we're, we're working towards, but, uh, and, and we know that, that, you know, we've got to continue to work with those, those younger groups and, and get them prepared. And, um, you know, but, um, our ninth grade guys have, have done nothing but get better throughout the course of the year. Uh, you know, we started off the, the year uh, not very good. You know, we went over and played like Cormorant and, um, you know, I'll be honest with you, it was probably borderline embarrassing how we played. And, and those kids have, have worked extremely hard and the coaches that we've got out there working with them have worked really hard. And uh, they've done, like I said, they've done nothing but got better. We found some guys that we're really, really excited about. Uh, they're going to finish up their uh, season uh, tomorrow night at center hill and uh and then we'll go to work with them in the weight room there's gonna be some of them we're gonna let come back out and practice with us um with with our varsity team and um but we're really excited about them our eighth grade team is doing a, a really good job and uh you know they they won their uh, county championship last year and and you know doing really well this year and, and our seventh grade plays here tomorrow night i'm excited to get over and uh, i'm sorry tuesday night and we're excited to get out here and watch them and um, but no, we're, you know, we're already making plans of how we're going to get down to the middle school and, and spend some time with them in the off season and, and, uh, spend some time with them in the summer and the you know spring practices and things like that. So, um, 
yeah, we're definitely, uh, you know, finding ways that we can, we can continue to build this program and, and it starts, you know, as soon as we can possibly get them, you know, in order to get them, uh, to ready to play for us. Coach, that's awesome, man. You know, the best programs ever are the ones that are incorporated from the youth all the way up. And uh, I know that you and I had mentioned that before and talked off pod, and I just want to make sure that was on recording about how y'all have big plans and uh, how the youth is developing really fast and rapidly and doing well, um, you know, and you've got some bright spots. You know, I'll be at y'all's place Tuesday night. Uh, my son plays for the seventh grade team, and we'll be looking forward to playing them jokers and uh, hoping for a good ball game. But, Coach, as always, it's always a pleasure to have you on and talk Lewisburg football. Uh, you know, uh, stay the course and keep building on those kids, and uh, I hope and wish y'all good luck on Friday night versus South Haven. Hey, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, like I said, as always, just uh, appreciate the, uh, the the opportunity to talk about our, our program and our kids. And, um, you know, like I said, we're we're uh, we're excited about what, what the future holds and, and we're going to continue to to like, just like you said, stay the course and, uh, you know, continue to plow ahead. That's it, brother. Again, thanks again, Dustin. Really appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for finding some time to talk to us, even during this homecoming week, coach. And it was fantastic to be able to talk to you. Finally, we're going to end it with Coach Peacock in Center Hill. Hey, guys, I've got Coach Peacock with me. Coach, how are we doing on this Sunday evening? I'm doing good, man. That's good to hear, Coach. Man, Thursday, y'all decided to play the game a little early. Got to went over there to Horn Lake. Uh, it was their homecoming week. I know that was big for them. You got to make sure those mamas and daddies, everybody's happy and everybody looks good in good weather, and it, it turned out that way. Uh, sadly, the game uh, didn't go as well as we hoped. The uh, You know, it came about as uh, 30-something to 10, and, uh, you know, Coach, I got to say, just being honest up front, uh, seeing Horn Lake in person and seeing how they play and their size and speed, uh, I have a newfound respect they were they were quite impressive and i can honestly say i think our boys came out strong um and fought with them but uh they were just better in a lot of positions and it just that's how the score turned out i mean what's your opinion on this yeah i mean they're they're uh not only a, a very talented football team but they're very well coached um like i talked about last week coach Hart did a great job defensively i felt like he played us very similar to how they played us in the past but uh, a little different, did a few things different that kind of kind of gave us a couple of trouble uh, trouble a couple times. Um, uh, you know, so uh, very talented, very well coached, um, very very impressive ball club. I felt like our defense really did a good job at a, at uh, stopping the run game. Um, uh, you know, especially at times. I know they they had a couple of big long pass plays that they they hit us on. One of them, we just you know everybody but one kid's playing zone coverage and the one kid's playing man coverage. And, and so that, that lets somebody kind of get naked down the, down the middle of the field. Um, you know, another time I think they just, just hit a big play or we're playing man coverage and sophomore DB kind of got turned around and lost his man and, and they hit that big pass play. So those two really big pass plays got them down in scoring range. Um, or one of them was a touchdown and one of them got them down in range early um, our defense, though, kept fighting. They got us a turnover. I think we were down. I don't. Know, it was eleven, I guess. We were down eleven. Um, and if we, uh, if when we got that turnover, if we'd have got down and scored, we could have made it a four point game. And I feel like if we could have done that, you know, then you know it's a completely different ball game. You're you're only down one score. You've you've played well uh, defensively. You found a few things that you know kind of worked offensively that to get a big touchdown run there to start the second half and just. Um, 
you know, we just we, we didn't we didn't execute. We didn't finish the drive. Um, we gave the ball right back to him on a turnover of our own, um, and you can't do that against good football teams. Yeah, you're right, Coach. I mean, it is what it is, and uh, you know, you you got to play and you got to you know execute well, and you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to have a better night than your opponent if they're more uh, more talented in more positions or larger and stronger. I mean, just being realistic. I mean, again, it's a it's a bigger school, a lot of options over there, and they've been in six A, and this is our first rodeo there, and we're not gonna make excuses. You know, we all put pads on and we got to go play and. Uh, you know, we got beat, and then it, it is what it is. You know, congratulations to Horn Lake. They, you know, like you said, well coached, well executed the game, and they won their homecoming. But, uh, coach, moving forward, you know, this week is a huge week for Center Hill. Uh, we've already played one arch rival, and now we're going to play our other, and that is Olive Branch. Uh, Olive Branch is struggling um, just as much as a lot of other teams here on the east side of the county. Uh, they have won one game, um, and they have beaten, you know, I think it was St. George and Memphis and have not won a game since. And so uh, this is a game that I think our kids are going to rise up for, especially because it is Olive Branch. It seems like our school always comes up for that. But when you're preparing this week, what are you looking at when it comes to Olive Branch, and what do you think the cohesive success are going to be? Well, I think we got to stop their run game. Um, you know, they don't – uh, you know, just my opinion, they don't throw the ball just great. I think they're, you know, um, less than less than 50% completion uh, percentage in the games I've seen. Uh, uh, so we got to stop the run game. The quarterback, the running back are uh, really good. They've got, you know, uh, pretty good-sized O-line, especially on their, their left guard and their left tackle. They've got who, what I believe is one of the best O-line coaches in the state. Uh, and Coach Jones, who I've worked with before, um, you know, so so we've got to stop their run game. And then, you know, from the offensive perspective, we got to, you know, figure out how they're going to play us. Um, you know, they've got uh, Brandon Jackson as their defense coordinator. Obviously, he played in Nebraska, played at Green Bay, so he's got a lot of resources, a lot of people he can call and, and talk to about how to stop the option, I guess. Um, but we just got to go over there and figure out how are they going to play us, uh, how are they going to try to stop us, and and what we can do, um, you know, to counteract that. Um, we've kind of, you know, had an idea or what we felt like was an idea of how everybody else was going to play us. But with Coach Russell, it being his first year and a new defensive coordinator and, and not having any, obviously, any flexible film on them, uh, we really have, you know, no idea what they're going to do. We know what their base is, and we've got, you know, a couple of ideas. But, um, you know, we're going to have to just prepare – uh, this week to to face uh, several different fronts and, and and go out there you know Friday night hopefully and uh, execute and, and just uh, give everything we got. Coach, I agree with you. You know, if I had to evaluate Olive Branch, I think their one-two punch is 100% their uh, zone option read game, which is, you know, hand it to the running back who is a pretty speedster. He runs 4-5 or can really move, uh, or the quarterback keeps it off of it, who is another speedster, and that is their primary offense, you know. And so I feel like, uh, like you said, if you can contain those two individuals um, and make the game turn into a passing game, uh, that gives you the best shot. And so I would completely agree with that. And uh, I hope our boys will really step up to that challenge because, uh, you know, like you said, these are two guys that can really move. I mean, we've seen tape where they played South Panola and other opponents, and if one of them gets in the open field, it's rare anyone can ever catch them. So it's, it's going to be an opportunity for big plays if we ever let them get out of contain. So um, I think it's going to be a fun ball game. Uh, I know Coach Russell is uh, – 
concerned about the flex bone and uh, even made a joke or two about it. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do line up. Uh, Coach, do you feel like that uh, playing at all branch is uh, is uh, going to be uh, an advantage for them? Or do you think your kids are going to be excited to be able to play over there and maybe even rise up more to the challenge? Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, we, we, it's, it's funny. We, it is a rivalry, I guess, of sorts, but it's really more so in other sports. We've only played them, um, to my knowledge, twice in football. Um, they won both of those games, one uh, at our place, really with a, with a big margin of victory um, back when they had you know, the defense that was so, so good. Um, and then we played them at their place the next year, um, in the, the game where the lights went out for about 20 minutes um, and a game that I felt like we should have won, could have won. Um, they were the better team, but I felt like we, um, you know, had a chance and, and really really felt like we could have won that game, had, had one or two things, you know, went our way. Um, but, uh, you know, so I feel like our kids will be up. I feel like they'll be ready. Uh, they'll be locked in and focused and ready to go. Um you know, uh, obviously, uh, hopefully there's a great crowd there. You know, the schools are, you know, what, like seven miles apart. We went over there last week for JV um, and played played them there. So uh, I'm excited. You know, obviously, Coach Jones and I worked together for, for several years at Center Hill. I've known Coach Russell for a while from his time at Oxford and Lafayette. And we were in district with him um, pretty much that whole time, I think. So, you know, whatever, 11 years now that I've been at Center Hill, we've, we've coached against each other. Uh, again, does a great job um, over there. Um, so, you know, they, he's got a really good staff and they've done some really good things. But, um, you know, just looking forward, looking forward to getting a chance to uh, compete and, and go out there and, and give everything we've got, see what happens. I love it, Coach. I love it, Coach. Well, Coach, I, I wish you luck. I hope you all have a great week of practice. And, uh, you know, we go over to Olive Branch, 7 o'clock, uh, Pool Field, and uh, hopefully you bring home the W, Coach. So, again, appreciate your time as always. And, uh, again, looking forward to Friday. All right, sounds good, yep. All right, Coach, take care. Again, thanks for the interview. Guys, we hope you enjoyed those coaches, and we'll still stay strong in your faith with our team. I know this is difficult for all three of our areas, but we're here to promote a positive message and keep these kids heads up and finish the year out strong as always. Thanks for listening to the OB Pod Coaches Post Game Show with Jason Russell, Alan Peacock, and Justin Hector. And now that your three brain cells are saturated with football knowledge, go tell your friends where you got it. See you next week. All right, Cash, let's get to our Monday Night Football bookie time, as we would like to call it. Yeah, I'm still just a little bit salty with how the last game played out. It didn't hey, man, you, you, you chose the right team, and because of situations, uh, you know, we, yeah, we couldn't even get the time. Come on. Yeah, we couldn't even get the push at minus seven, but I still stand with it. The Ravens, they clearly dominated the Colts from the second half on, and we really would have just won this game running away had just big plays not existed. Now, obviously, they happen, but it's third and 15. They allow a 76-yard touchdown on the first drive of the game, and then the Colts come out. They get another long bomb for a touchdown. 
I still feel on the right side. And like you said, we couldn't get the push because in overtime, for some reason, we no longer kick the extra point. So the Ravens end up winning by six. I still think it's the dumbest thing in the world, but it it's just part of the way it goes. So now we're going to move on. We're going to dust ourselves off knowing we're following the right process. We're picking the better teams. We're getting it all right. So unfortunately, as a massive Tennessee Titans fan, I am going to have to pick against my team as the Buffalo Bills are just, well, they're the better team. They don't necessarily have the same run game, but Josh Allen is looking like a legitimate MVP candidate. Emmanuel Sanders is coming back from that. Emmanuel Sanders is coming back from that Achilles tear looking fantastic. And of course, Stefan Diggs is doing Stefan Diggs things and is playing out of his mind and could be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. They are minus five and a half, which is a little scary, but hey, if it goes to overtime and they get the touchdown, well, they're going to win because six points still covers that five and a half. And fun little fact, Dawson Knox has scored a touchdown in four straight games as the tight end. The linebackers for Tennessee are really bad in coverage. Our secondary is terrible. The Bills should win this game running away, even with Derrick Henry, probably having a really good game against that terrible Bills run defense. Well, there you go, guys. Put your money out there and go make some. I know this week we didn't get this uh, the bet we wanted or the, the result we wanted, but if you really look at it, it was right there at it. So uh, Cash, as always, really appreciate that, and uh, I hope you all enjoyed doing it. As always, guys, we hope you enjoy our show and appreciate the things we do. We hope you're giving us a positive review on iTunes. That always helps us out. A good five-star always increases our search engine quality and makes our podcast better for our advertisers, and that helps promote our community. So we definitely want to say thanks again. But until next week, guys, we look forward to talking to you then. This is Zach. And this is Cash. We'll see you all then.